Sai Chapter 47 Baba's Reminiscence Story of Virbhadrapa and Chinbasapa, the Snake and Frog The last chapter described Baba's reminiscence about two goats. This chapter describes more such reminiscence and relates the story of Virbhadrapa and Chinbasapa. Preliminary Blessed is the face of Sai. If we cast a glance at him for a moment, he destroys the sorrows of many past birth and confers great bliss on us. And if he looks at us with grace, our bondage of karma is immediately snapped away and we are led to happiness. The river Ganges washes away the dirt and the sins of all people who go to her for a bath, but she intently longs for the saints to come to her and bless her with the touch of their feet and remove all the filth, the sins accumulated in her. She knows for certain that this can only be removed by the holy feet of the saints. Sai is the crest jewel of saints and now hear from him the following purifying story. The Snake and the Frog Sai Baba said, One morning after taking my breakfast, I was strolling along till I came to a small river bank. As I was tired, I rested there, washed my hands and feet and had a bath and felt refreshed. There was a footpath and a car track sheltered by shady trees. The breeze was also blowing gently. As I was preparing to smoke chillum pipe, I heard a croaking of a frog. I was striking the flint and lighting the fire. When a traveller turned up, sat by my side, bowed down to me and politely invited me to his house for meals and rest. He lit up the pipe and handed it over to me. The croaking was heard again and he wanted to know what it was. I told him that a frog was in trouble and was tasting the bitter fruit of its own karma. We have to reap now the fruit of what we saw in our past life and there is no use crying about it now. Then he smoked and handed over the pipe to me and said that he would go there in person and see for himself. I told him, that a frog was caught by a big snake and was crying. Both were very wicked in the past life and are now reaping the fruit of their actions in the present bodies. He went and found that a huge black serpent was holding a big frog in its mouth. He returned to me and said that in about 10 or 12 minutes the frog would be eaten by the snake. I said, no. This can't be. I am its father, protector, and I am here now. How shall I allow the snake to eat, eat it up? Am I here for nothing? Just see how I release it. After smoking again, we walked up to the place. He was afraid and asked me not to proceed further as the snake might attack us. Not minding him, I went ahead, addressed the creatures thus, O Vir 
Badrapa, has not your enemy Pasrapa yet repented? Though he has been born as a frog, and you too, though born as a serpent, still hold bitter enmity against him? Be ashamed of yourself. Give up your hatred now and rest in peace. On hearing these words, the snake left the frog quickly and dived into the river and disappeared. The frog also jumped away and hid itself in the bushes. The traveller was much surprised. He said that he could not understand how the snake dropped the frog and disappeared on hearing the words. Who was Virbhadrapa and who was Basappa and what was the cause of their enmity? I returned with him to the foot of the tree and after sharing again few puffs of smoke with him, I explained the whole mystery to him as follows. There was an ancient holy place sanctified by a temple of Mahadev for about four or five miles away from my place. The temple was old and dilapidated. The residents of the place collected funds for its repair. After a large amount was collected, arrangement for the worship was made and plans with estimates for repairs were prepared. A rich local man was appointed the treasure was appointed the treasurer and the whole work was entrusted to him he was to keep regular accounts and be honest in all his dealings he was a first class miser and spent very little for the repairs which consequently made very little progress he spent all funds swallowed some amount himself and spent nothing from his pocket he had a sweet tongue and was very clever in offering plausible explanations regarding the poor and tardy progress of the work. The people again went to him and said that unless he lent his helping hand and tried his best, the work would not be complete. They requested him to work out the scheme again and collect its sub subscription and send the amount to him. He received it, but said, as quite as before, without making any progress. After some days, God, Mahadev, appeared in his wife's dream and said to her, You get up, build the tomb of the temple. I will give you hundredfold of what you spend. She told this reason to her husband. He was afraid that it would involve him in expenses and therefore laughed it off, saying that it was mere a dream, a thing not to be relied and acted upon, or else why did not God appear to him in the dream and tell him about it? Was he far off from her? This looks like a bad dream, having its object in the creation of ill-feeling between husband and wife. She had to remain quiet. God does not like big sub subscriptions and donations collected against the wishes of the donors. But he likes even trifling amounts given with love, devotion and gratitude. Some days after, God again appeared in her dream and said, Do not bother yourself about your husband and the collections with him. Don't press him to spend any money for the temple. What I want is bow and devotion. So give, if you like, anything of your own. 
she consulted her husband about this vision and decided to give god her ornaments given by her father the miser felt disconcerted and decided to cheat even god in this item he undervalued the ornaments at rupees 1000 and bought them himself and in lieu of the amount gave a barren field to god as endowment or security the wife agreed to this the field or the land was not his own it belonged to one poor woman named the the dubaki dubaki who mortgaged it to him for rupees 200 she was not able to redeem it for long so the cunning miser cheated all his wife dubaki and even god the land was sterile uncultivated and worth nothing and yield nothing even in the best season thus ended this transaction and the land was given in the possession of the poor priest who was pleased with the endowment sometime later strange things happened there was a terrific storm and heavy downpour lightning struck the house of the miser when he and his wife both died dabuki also breathed her last in the next life in the next life the miser was born as mathura was born at mathura in a brahmin family and was named virbhadrapa his devout wife was born as the daughter of the priest of the temple and was named gauri the woman dabuki the mortgager was born as a male in the family of gaurav attendant of the temple and was named chinbasapa the priest was a friend of mine he often came to me chatted and smoked with me his daughter gauri was also devoted to me she was growing fast and her father was seeking a good husband for her i told him not to worry about this as the bridegroom himself would come seeking her then there came a poor boy named virbhadrapa wandering and begging his bread to the priest house with my consent gauri was given in marriage to him he was also devoted to me initially as i recommended his marriage with gauri but later became miser even in this new life he was hankering after money and asked me to help him to get it to get it as he was leading a married man's life strange things happened there was a sudden rise in prices by gauri's good luck there was a great demand for the land and the land was sold for 1 lakh of rupees 100 times the worth of her ornaments half the amount was paid in cash and the remaining was to be paid in 25 installments of rupees 2000 each all agreed to this transaction but began to quarrel over the money they came to me for consultation i told them that the property belonged to god and was wasted in the priest and that gauri was the sole heiress and proprietoress and no amount should be spent without her consent and that her husband had no right whatsoever to the amount on hearing my opinion virbhadrapa was angry with me and said that i wanted to establish gauri's claim and embezzle her property 
on hearing this words i remembered god and kept quiet virbhadra pas scolded his wife gauri and she came to me at noon and requested me not to mind the words of her of others and not to discard her as she was my daughter as she thus sought my protection i gave her a pledge that i would cross seven seas to help her then that night gauri had a vision mahadev appeared in her dream and said the whole money is yours do not give anything to anybody spend some amount for temple purposes in consultation with chinbasapa and if you want to use it for some other purposes consult baba in the masjid myself gauri told me the vision and i gave her the proper advice in the matter i told her to take the principal or the capital amount to herself give half the amount of interest to chinbasapa and that virbhadrapa had nothing to do in the matter while i was thus talking both virbhadrapa and chinbasapa came there quarreling i tried my best to pacify them and told them of god's vision to gauri virbhadrapa got wild and angry and threatened to kill chinbasapa cutting him to pieces the latter was timid he caught my feet and sought refuge i pledged myself to save him from wrath of his foe then after some time virbhadrapa died and was born as a snake and chinbasapa died and was born as a frog on hearing the croaking of chinbasapa and remembering my pledge i came here saved him and kept my word god runs to his devotees for help in times of danger he saved chinbasapa the frog by sending me here all this is god's leela or sport the moral the moral of the story is that one has to reap what one sows and there is no escape unless one suffers and squares up one's old debts and dealing with others and that greed for many drags the greedy man to the lowest level and ultimately brings destruction for him and others bow to shri sai peace to all jai sai